Hey folks, welcome to the Water Cooler. We've got a lot to talk about this week, so joining me here is Blake King and Ian Corwin. And jumping on into things with the performance of the day, let me take you back to April 5th, 1984, with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar breaking Wilt Chamberlain's all-time scoring record by dropping 22 points in a Lakers win against the Utah Jazz, which unfortunately LeBron cannot claim in his breaking of the all-time scoring record as the Celtics did beat the Lakers this Tuesday, but LeBron did drop 38 points and is now the NBA's all-time leading scorer. What do y'all think? It's another reason why he's the GOAT. He's definitely the GOAT. Yeah. He's not the GOAT. Don't get me wrong. I respect LeBron for the career that he's had, and I think this is a great feather in his cap, and he is certainly one of the all-time greatest players. This doesn't change much for me in terms of his GOAT argument. I think you're still stuck in the past, man. <laughs> I mean, that's valid. I mean, you're not, a goat's Wilt Chamberlain, right? He's my boat. My yeah, goat. Gosh, I think Jordan's yeah. the goat, but Wilt's the most talented yeah, player to ever play. specify the difference between boat and goat. To me, the best of all time is merely who I think has the most pure basketball ability, whereas greatest takes into account accomplishments and will to win intangibles, things like that. I think if you put the total package together, it's Jordan. But if I'm lining up every player in NBA history, give me Will Chamberlain first. But I don't want to come off as like disrespecting LeBron here. I think it is great that he broke the all-time scoring record, and it's a major accomplishment. And props to him because I never thought that record would get broken. I just think that longevity plays a massive factor, mm-hmm. and he surpasses everyone on it. Yeah, he also didn't have a gambling problem like, like Michael Jordan. Like imagine Michael Jordan at 38 on the Wizards, you know? Yeah, and imagine. Look at LeBron now, he's averaging 30. Okay, we can get into hypotheticals. All I'm going to say is all he's the people... He's been in his prime, arguably, for his entire career. All I'm going to say is if you go on Twitter, if you watch the news, people talking about it... You believe everything I, you hear on the news? No, I don't. That's what I'm about to say. <laughs> is... All these people that say that LeBron breaking the record, like this hands down makes him the GOAT, how many of those people had Kareem as the GOAT last week? I'm willing to bet none of them. But he's not the GOAT because he broke the scoring record. So did like, you That's ha- not the sole thing. Okay, but did you think LeBron was the GOAT last week? Yes. Yeah. Okay, then, the, okay, valid. Yeah, that makes sense. But some, some people just need one more little thing to push you over the edge. It's not like the thing that makes you break makes or breaks it. You could argue it either way. But for some people, there's one thing. And for a lot of Tom Brady fans, it was him winning the Super Bowl in Tampa. He had to win one without yeah. check. So I'm thinking that this is kind of like the confirmation. Like, sure, LeBron's my GOAT. But like now for me, I can't even consider Jordan anymore. I strongly disagree. <laughs> I really look. Y'all always gotta make me confidence. LeBron hater here. I respect what he did, but this doesn't make him the goat. To me, LeBron. The reason LeBron's not the goat, in my opinion, is he plays in an era where scoring now is a lot easier than it was in Michael Jordan's day. That's just a fact. There's less hand. There's no hand checking. They don't cause much like rules and stuff like the rules favor the offense now he plays in a super team era he didn't have to compete as hard for his championships and that just disqualifies him I don't think he has the mental like intangibles that Jordan had and that is what matters to me 
If you disagree, that's on you. But that's for me. That's why he can't be the goat. The mental intangibles. Yeah. Like, what does that consist of? Like, you're just when LeBron the will to win. When LeBron melted against the Mavs in 2011, when he clearly gave up after Game One against the Warriors in 2018, after J.R. Smith forgot how much time was on the clock, he shut down. But those teams were like, well, besides the Mavs team, the Mavs team is like um, an asterisk. Like that, that Mavs team was just on fire in the playoffs. But um, I think that in 2018, LeBron had a, just a shit team. He was going up against like I'm not saying the best he, teams. I'm not saying he would have won, even if J.R. Smith didn't mess up. But in that overtime, LeBron was useless. If you watch, go back and watch the video, his body language is somebody who was mentally defeated. And even if you say, yeah, he's like, realistically, you don't have a shot. A competitor doesn't let that show. And he can convince himself that regardless of what it may seem, he can still win this game. The LeBron that came back from 3-1 to one down against the Warriors was not the LeBron that was present in 2018 in that overtime. Stuff like that. LeBron, if it's down to the wire, I will bet everything I have that he's going to pass to George Hill. Instead of take the layup. I even did it in, what was that? I think it was game three in 2020 against the Heat. It was like a, the one game in that series that came down to the wire. And LeBron had the ball. Clock was going down. I looked over at our buddy Noah Inyer. I said, he's about to kick it out to the wing. And sure enough, what did he do? He kicks it out. And they miss. That's LeBron in a nutshell. So one season to find him. No, it's a pattern throughout his career. I mean... That's just a tough draw, like, because it's, it's only, like, two events that have occurred that, you know, they were impactful, like, yes, but, like, how does that not make him the GOAT? I think, well, that's the other stuff, too. Jordan's got more range. He's got more MVPs. He scores. He's a better scorer, even if he's not the all-time leading scorer. If he didn't retire twice in the middle of his career, he would be the all-time leading scorer. But that's a hypothetical. Like, well, I'm that's gonna... true. I think I calculated it once, and if he kept on pace and had a decent longevity, you know, he mm. would have scored about forty-four thousand. It's all hypothetical, you know. I mean, yeah, of course, it's... this is all just a fun debate. But for those reasons, I got Jordan as my go over LeBron. That's an interesting take. I also think that if you look back at Jordan's era. If you name off who are the best players without a ring, you'll notice they all played in Jordan's era. Whereas in LeBron's era, it seems like everybody's got a ring. Dirk Nowitzki got a ring. Steph Curry's got a ring. Kevin Durant's got a ring. Giannis has got a ring. Who has LeBron stopped from getting a ring besides Paul George? <laughs> LeBron had a lot more competition than people give him respect. Yeah, I would say. I mean, like, I was telling Garrett this the other day at the Ferg. Um, I think that just overall, like, players, and this goes for, like, any sport. Like, everyone has just become more athletic over time. And that's only, that's due to, like, increased research and, like, you know, physical fitness, like, training regiments, camps, experience like the game has just gotten better over time and simply there's just been more people like playing each of their sports and there and because of that and because of like social media and stuff there's more pressure to do well in any one of those environments so like yes like michael jordan had like tough competition and stuff but i think that like 
even though now like we perceive the NBA is like some like weak league and whatever, and, you know, some of the players are like flop and whatever, like I get it. But like there is still like that element of pressure and like having to do well on top of like, you know, everything that's going on, especially for LeBron. I mean, he's the most one of the most popular athletes in the world, if not like top five, right? Especially in like, you know, the United States. Like yeah. it just the the constant like pressure for him to, to do well and like where he's been, I think he's done an amazing job. I think he's goat worthy because of that. Oh, you have me on the he's done an amazing job, but I don't think that makes him goat worthy. Everything you just said has nothing to do with his on the court performance. Well, I'm saying like if you're comparing like because the careers of LeBron and Jordan are very similar, right? I just think that if you're gonna take like one or the other, I would take LeBron. You know, like they're very similar. It's I, just I don't know. You can't separate on and off court though because like you have to think about it. Imagine if social media was in Michael Jordan's day. Like, imagine how much stuff he has to hear. Sure, you hear a lot of praise, so does LeBron. But, like, just, he like, did hear it, just like how LeBron has haters now, there would have been Jordan haters. There yeah. were Jordan haters back then. Before, it took but Jordan... But nothing vocalizes, like, social media like it did in the 90s. Nothing. Well, obviously. That's what I mean. But it just affects... It can affect you on the court. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, look at Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is, <laughs> is even playing in seasons because of his mental health. Yeah, but I'm just saying, so you can't, like... You know, down his intangibles and like his will. If like LeBron was showing a lack of intangibles it. before social media even got to the extent that it is now, he left the Cavs to go join up with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh on the Heat in 2010. That was like when Facebook was just getting started, so it wasn't social media pressure. Now, the talk shows. I'll give you that. Like first take, Skip Bayless going in on LeBron constantly. You still have probably. the internet. Yeah, but I don't know. It's a debate. Internet changed everything. I'm not. If you think LeBron's a goat, personally, I disagree, and I will argue with it. But it's not an unvalid opinion to have. One thing I, that does annoy me is when people act like Jordan is the goat and nobody else is even close. That's fair. it is close. That's fair. And you can yeah. get into the weeds with it. That's that's the fun of it. Yeah. But do you think LeBron will break forty thousand points? Absolutely. I do too. I think he's close. Well, because, like, Bronny's on the come-up already. I mean, he's going to be in the league in a year or two, right? Because mm-hmm. he hasn't committed yet. He hasn't committed anywhere, I don't think. Yeah, so he'll be in the league in two years. And then, yeah, he'll, LeBron just needs to wait, wait probably, what, two more years after that? Three more years after yeah. that to play with Bryce? Yeah, I hope he, he can do it, dude. I hope he does wait to play for with Bryce. Unless I don't want LeBron to ever get to the point in his career where he's Vince Carter. See, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, where do you draw that gray line before, like, he, like, it's kind of like when Magic came back in '96. Yeah. You know. Like I understand that. Though. That's more of him wanting to end on his own terms. I yeah, so but, I understand that. But you know, looking back, yeah. like you're like, oh, or Dominique Wilkins on the Celtics, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Or Tom Brady on the Buccaneers, the second go around. Whoa, Dude, that was, was post divorce. <laughs> post divorce. So as a he is still starting. Dominique was coming off the bench. <laughs> True. As a segue, though, Tom Brady for the second time retires from the NFL. It's looking like it's legit this time. He just filed his paperwork. With the Players Association today, what do y'all think? Uh, I think, well, in regards to what we just talked about, I think Tom Brady's the GOAT. I mean, there is like there is kind of no debate. Tom Brady is what Jordan fans think Jordan is. Like, there's no argument. Like, Tom Brady's the yeah. GOAT. I don't think anybody's going to top him in our yeah. lifetime. Like, it, I think the – so, obviously, I think the disparity between GOAT 
and both the greatest and best of all time. Basketball is not that far apart usually, mm-hmm. right? I feel like it is in football. Oh, I feel for like sure. For yeah. sure, Tom Brady's the best of all time. I meant the greatest of all time. Yeah. But best of all time, the best to ever play on the field, the physicals and tangibles. Don't get me wrong, Brady's got the mm-hmm. best intangibles of them all. But it can't be that much far off from guys like Peyton Manning or something like that. Yeah. You know? I thought you were going to say Blake Bortles. What? For the bow. <laughs> He's the Blake bow. Bortles. Hey, maybe in that, uh, the, uh, that uh, playoff run he had that one year. Was the 2017 playoff yeah. run. Yeah, he was he turned into the boat then. Yeah. But yeah, like yeah. you were saying. And he got that huge man. contract extension and then he stunk the bed. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. But, now, before we get too in-depth on Brady, let me read out some of his career highlights. So he's a seven-time Super Bowl champ, a five-time Super Bowl MVP, three-time Most Valuable Player, two-time Offensive Player of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, three times First Team Pro Bowl or All Pro, five times Passing Touchdowns Leader, four times Passing Yard Leader. He's on the 2000s and 2010s All Decade Team, and the 100th Anniversary Team. And holds the records for most quarterback wins, passing attempts, passing completions, passing touchdowns, passing yards, and longest touchdown pass of 99 yards. That's did not know he had that. And he also has more Super Bowls than any other NFL franchise. I'm not gonna lie, like I zoned out kind of, and yeah. then I heard you still talking about Brady's accomplishments, and I felt like 10 minutes later. That just tells you, yeah, like how much he's got. The resume know? is there. I'm like, wow, we're still on this. I think he might make the Hall of Fame. Personally, he's got a good shot. I would yeah. say, yeah, maybe. Okay, I don't do you, know. I, I mean, know. he's kind of close, fringe, you know. But yeah, him or like Tony Romo could both easily get in. But I mean, like, you know, <laughs> okay. it's just this might be a hot take of mine. Do you think the Hall of Fame committee should waive the five year rule for him? No, not. I don't think for him. Yes. I think in general. If there's like a Peyton Manning, a Tom Brady caliber player, the reason I say that is because of Kobe. I think you never know what life can throw in the way. And if there's a player that's clearly like Hall of Fame caliber, you shouldn't make them wait just for some like, for no okay. real so reason. So how would you structure the decision? Would you do it like a committee? Would you do it based ha- on like an algorithm of the career statistics? So I would have the Hall of Fame committee, whenever they sit down to vote, you give them the names of all the players that retired this previous season, and you put them up for consideration. And if they get 95% of the vote, then they can have it waived. Yeah. But if it's not 90 like it has to be like surefire, like only the Tom Brady's and Peyton Manning's of the world should get it. Not like, I don't know, Ben okay. Roethlisberger. So, yeah, you get, when you're using names, I was kind of like in my head, where do you draw the gray line? But yeah. having like a committee and a bit like that, I think that would be kind of cool because, yeah, Kobe – like it just it hits different not being yeah. able to hear Kobe up there giving stories, yeah. and especially obviously like I don't knock wood I don't think anything <laughs> crazy like that'll happen again anytime soon, but you just never know. Yeah, and it's silly to make him wait. I think when everybody knows Brady's gonna be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. I'm kind of behind that too. Just Kobe's the only reasoning. Otherwise, I would have said it's, no. Yeah, which but the I, that just puts things in perspective. Though. Yeah. MLB did that for Lou Gehrig, actually. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's Lou Gehrig. Yeah. I mean, the NHL did that for Wayne Gretzky, and he's the only person that they've waived that for. They, they had time with Lou Gehrig, yeah. you know, that's the thing. But how do y'all think Brady coming out of retirement and having a terrible season, like, 
do you think that's a knock against him now? Or I mean, he's still the goat. Like, no, what do you think? Because I mean, like the other thing before, like what was it like ten years ago? Brett Favre had the passing records, you know. Yeah. And I he had a rocky. He kind of had like nearly a similar. Brett Favre on the Jets. Tom Dude, Brady, that was, yeah. that's the definition of a washed-up player. Is like, Brett Favre if Brett Favre would have won with the uh, Vikings or the Jets, like he would. Okay, I think that Brett Favre on the Vikings is like Shaq with the Suns, but <laughs> Brett Favre on the Jets is like Shaq on the Celtics. He, Brett yeah. Favre was good on the Vikings, though. That's I mean, what he I'm made saying. the conference yeah. championship. He just, you know, threw the interception and cost him that. But I mean, like, was that against the Saints? Yeah. You know that there was like a bounty on the him. On oh the yeah, and it was Bounty Gate. Yeah. yeah, but I have to. We have to think about like Brady did lose his head coach Bruce Arians, which I think was like a big help. I mean, he stuck with Todd Bowles, who's also a defensive coach. Yeah, and he, like I, the off the offense was not there. Like Brady, I feel like wasn't there because I mean he just. Just he got through a divorce. Of, he, yeah, he lost three of his starting linemen for the year. Yeah, I mean, he lost his wife. And he his lost starting his kids. Wife. Yeah, like, <laughs> Jesus. I mean, you know, and, he, and he's also like 44 years old. I mean, like, give the dude a break. And he also, I mean, he did make the playoffs. He did he, make the playoffs. Yeah. And yeah. he... Did get his ass kicked by the Cowboys in the playoffs, but well, he made he made the playoffs because the NFC South was awful. But you gotta give him yeah. credit, man. He did because, make like, the playoffs. The Cowboys division—that's the best division in football this yeah, year. Yeah, yes, I mean, it is. The worst team was Commanders, and they were eight and eight. Yeah, so. I mean, you know, I don't. I yes, it's a knock, but like also, I mean, you know, we should just appreciate that he was able to play that year. Yeah, especially he. His goal, he's always said, was to play to 45, and he made it to 45. He turned 45 this season. So, I mean, it's cool he got to do that. I wish he would have retired after he won the Super Bowl in Tampa. That would have been the perfect way for him to end his career. Yeah, I feel like even if when he retired last year, it was a great send-off. But this year, to me, he just felt like Jordan on the Wizards. And that he was still a decent player himself, but he did Jordan on the Wizards. Jordan never won with the Wizards, though, so it's not the same. Well, yeah. he's talking like post-divorce. Not, yeah. Oh. No, I mean, like, when he came <laughs> back, like, this season, to me, Tom Brady felt like Jordan on the Wizards. Yeah. Like, depressed man throwing a ball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sums up Tom Brady this Like, season. I just, I hate he hung around one season too soon. But one other thing, how do you think Spygate and Deflategate will impact like the way he's perceived for I feel like people have already forgotten about it. Yeah. Yeah. So like we're definitely not gonna talk the only people we're gonna talk about is like Giants fans. The haters. Yeah. Mm, Yeah, Colts fans. Yeah, Colts. But Colts got their ass kicked in that game. I still don't understand. Like, yes, it was the the ball was deflated, but they also won like it was like forty five nothing at halftime or something. A thirty eight nothing at halftime in that game. And, like, yeah, he shouldn't have deflated the ball, but I don't think a four-game suspension was worth it. I mean, yeah. you know. And they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, they night. did. So it kind of balances out. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think Patrick Mahomes or anybody can come close to touching Brady for the GOAT? Yes. I think he could. And especially, A, Andy Reid's not going to last until Patrick Mahomes, like, 33. So Mahomes is going to undergo a new head coach maybe in his late 20s early 30s you know mm-hmm. it's gonna happen that's gonna be a big test that brady never had if he surpasses that then definitely and i mean you know just talking about like the super bowl on sunday if he wins 
mean, he's 27 years old. He'll already have two Super Bowl wins, and he's never not made the conference championship in his career. That's you, crazy. You know what I think the biggest argument against Mahomes, though, would be in the future if he does go to this great things? What's his one Super Bowl loss? Yeah. I mean, he did get to play. He did get to play Brady, and he lost what both times? Or he in both playoff matchups against Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes lost, yeah. which I think is interesting ripple in the debate because like Jordan versus LeBron, they never played each other, which obviously is football. It's not like basketball where Brady was guarding Mahomes or anything, but it just does add an interesting twist to the argument. Right. I think it'll be one of those things by the end of Patrick Mahomes' career. When it comes to stats, he's going to surpass Brady. Probably. Yeah, probably. He started younger, and the league is more protecting of quarterbacks now. It's and, an offensive game. Mm-hmm. It's the defense's fault for everything. Yep. So Patrick Mahomes is going to be healthy through all those years. Mm-hmm. He's not going to have to wait a couple years to replace Drew Bledsoe. You know? yeah. So I think he has a definite advantage. But you're always just going to have the people that go, Brady had two wins. Yeah. You know, you're always going to have those people. But, like, when it gets to a certain point, I feel like you can kind of recognize them both. Because I feel like before Brady was announced the GOAT, the best quarterback of all time was debatable. Like, very debatable. You think? I don't know as much. It just seems to me like everybody always acts like it was Joe Montana. Joe Montana because of the accolades. Yeah. But John Elway. I'd even argue, best of all time, Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. There's Um, a solid debate for that. Drew Brees. You can go back even farther. Dan Marino. Spark star. (laughs) All the old guys. I think Troy Aikman is the most overrated quarterback in history. No, okay. What about the people that not Brady? And say the only reason he was so successful is because the lead's gotten softer. And if he played like in Joe Montana's day, he wouldn't have been able That's to hold That's the thing. I th- he admits, though, he talks about how the league's gotten soft. Basically, everything mm-hmm. I just told you about the league being soft were probably, you know, a variation of his words when yeah. I listened to him. But he talks about it. And so, therefore, he was recognized there once was. He talks about, uh, you know, having to deal with Ray Lewis being up the middle, yeah. you know. So I feel like. If anything, 2007, I feel like that was prime era, you know, that mm. stuff, you know. Um, yeah, so I think, so he went through both of it and he recognized it. Obviously, he did better in the latter, but he did great in the first half. I mean, thir- 20s, 30s, 40s, his mm. individual statistics from those uh, decades, that's three individual Hall of Fame careers. Yeah, yeah and he just didn't stop at all like so, there was never a year yeah. i thought besides the last one where he just regressed heavily like mm-hmm. there was never any doubt in my mind that he was going to be a top five player every year yeah and his numbers never declined for that yeah he's definitely undisputedly the greatest of all time now would you say he's the greatest team sport athlete in american history like athlete like physically? not no not like physical athlete but just like of all the players to ever play a team sport, is Tom Brady the greatest? I would say yes. For athlete or just not like, like athletic most... ability, but just like the best in their sport. Compare uh... like people had to compare Brady and Jordan. Like who was Brady greater at football than Jordan was at basketball? That's like, a really tough debate. I would say yes. I think Tom Brady is the greatest American team sport athlete. Hmm. 
I mean, yeah, if we were doing like, okay, that's interesting because like I was going to say like Wayne Gretzky at first. I was like, actually thinking Wayne but Gretzky. But because his numbers are literally such like, he's a, he's a, absurd, he, he's a thousand, he's 1300 or he's like a thousand more points ahead of the next person in like total points in the NHL, like ever. So for Canadian, yeah, it's obviously Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. For American, I mean, I, is it Tom I'll throw some names out. Babe Ruth. Michael Jordan, Barry Bonds, Tom Brady. See, I think you can argue against anyone who's ever played baseball because there's, a, I think there's an ongoing conversation in baseball mm-hmm. right now about um, greatest of all time, best of all time, whatever. Yeah. Especially because Mike Trout. I mean, people argue injuries, but mm-hmm. his WAR at his age is the highest it's ever been. But when there's an ongoing conversation within a sport, they can't get elevated to be in the conversation. Of someone like Tom Brady where mm-hmm. there is no conversation so if it's just Tom Brady who's undisputed in his realm if the other two realms are in chaos which they are LeBron versus yeah. Jordan Babe Ruth versus Willie Mays you know yeah then they don't get to have someone to put on their yeah. podium you know so you'd have to look at other sports like Gretzky Joey Chestnut Joey Chestnut <laughs> is probably it actually <laughs> if you're on it's on ESPN so like <laughs> Oh, another one, Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods. Yeah. Serena Williams, uh, Muhammad Ali, if we're going individual sports. Yeah. Which I don't even think Michael Ali. Phelps. I don't think Michael Ali's Phelps, the greatest yes. boxer of all time, but that's another discussion yeah. for another day. It just has to be, you know, they have to be undisputed. There can't be a conversation for them to compete for that next yeah. level, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, on to the big thing coming up this weekend is the Super Bowl. The current odds from Las Vegas have the Philadelphia Eagles favored over the Kansas City Chiefs. The Eagles are a minus 125 favorite. Eagles, or Chiefs are plus 105. I've got the Chiefs, though. Why? Patrick Mahomes. That's it. That's, That's the it. only reason. So, like, I, I'm rooting for the Eagles, obviously, just because the alumni. Um, mm-hmm. Little Todd. But, um, I mean, I love Jalen Hurts. And I, he's going to win a Super Bowl in his career. I truly believe that. But... I think uh, I like Patrick, man. I think I want the Chiefs to. I think the Chiefs have a legit shot at going for it, but like I just, I mean, I hate the Philadelphia Eagles, but I think they're gonna win. I think they're gonna win. I think the teams just look unstoppable this year. They lost to the Cowboys like once. Um, they've dropped a you know game or two, but I'm mean, like. The team has just looked amazing this year. I haven't seen any weaknesses on the team at all, besides you know if they're injured or not, which is when the Cowboys beat them. Well, what about the Washington game? The Washington game? That's a fluke. Because that's the only game that Jalen Hurts lost as a start of the season. I mean, it's a fluke. I mean, like the Panthers in 2015, they lost one game, right? Mm-hmm. That was a fluke. Um, you know, so, like I think also like in 2007, the Patriots, you know, they them losing to the Giants was a fluke. I think they were obviously the better team. Yeah. But, I mean, the yeah, Chiefs do have the best, arguably the best tight end, you know, well, the best tight end in the league and maybe even of all time. He's top five all time. Yeah. Travis Kelsey? Yeah, he's definitely top five all time. Because you got, like, Gronk, uh, Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez. Dallas. I think this game comes down to who turns over the ball less. And I think the Eagles, can like, would win that. I think... Chiefs D-line is a major factor on their defense. And I think 
that the Eagles, I don't know, man. I don't know that Ian, you got me kind of thinking now. because the Eagles, because the Eagles do have a good O line. Yeah, you have Wayne they, Johnson. They, they've been Kelsey. Low, they always used to be like so like low rated, but like you know Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, Jason Kelsey, all that right side is tremendous. But yeah, can they stop Chris Jones? That's the thing. Chris Jones is really good. I mean, yeah, it's just that's what I'm thinking because I think the Eagles what they're gonna do is they're gonna try to play like control possession because they don't want to get the ball in the home's hands. <laughs> And, you know, they can milk the clock forever because, I mean, Jalen Hurts is a dual threat QB. I mean, you can QB scramble and, like, he doesn't throw a whole See, lot of picks. I don't know. I think Nick Sirianni is going to have them boys gunning early. Uh, he's an aggressive coach for sure. But, I mean, yeah, I think also, like, I mean, they, they're they definitely, like, not going to try to give the ball to Mahomes and Andy Reid because, you know, they're probably going to be – I mean, Eagles defense solid. I think that the Chiefs offense is slightly better. So – and also, like I think Eagles defense is definitely better. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, you have Darius Slay, you have Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick's awesome. I mean, Fletcher Cox is getting old, but he's still balling. Yeah, he's still balling. James Bradbury. Yeah, that is solid, solid corners. Um, you know, they definitely can can hold their own. I, it's again, it's gonna be tough. I mean, the spread is only like minus one and a half. So I mean, you really got a 50-50 shot of either team. I just think the Eagles pull it out. And as much as I hate to say it, I think they got it. Man, I agree with you. But I just bet on Mahomes. Oh, yeah, fair enough. I think it comes down to this. If Mahomes plays an average game for his standards, they're going to lose. But if he goes, like, gives a Super Bowl career-worthy game, then the Chiefs are going to win. You just remember his last loss, the amount of yardage he covered from running around because his O-line couldn't block for him. They've They've toughened up that O-line since then. I will say that the la- that the first Super Bowl. And he's mad. How much do you think not having Tyree Kill will affect him or the team? It'll affect it'll affect it, but I feel like they're in such a groove and like they didn't really skip a beat or anything on offense. I mean, yeah. he's just distributing the ball way more. It's not like he has one number one wide receiver. I mean, on you can guess and think it's Juju. Yeah, but the one thing I will Kel- say... It's Kelsey and then, like, sprinkles of everyone else. That's what it is. I think it's important to note that Mikel Hardman is out for this game. So that is a deep threat that is gone for Mahomes. And so it's going to be more relying on, like, Kelsey yeah. and some of the short yardage receivers to, to step in. So, again, that's another reason Bethany rules. They do have, I mean, I don't think they'll use them because Isaiah's pretty good, but Clyde Edwards is hilarious. He's pretty too. good, yeah. But I don't think he'll play because of Isaiah. He didn't, he didn't play much at all this season. No, he didn't start. Season, so Yeah, he's been really good for the Chiefs. Is this what y'all thought the Super Bowl matchup would be? I always mm-hmm. thought the Eagles would make it. I'd never once said the Cowboys would because I knew they would choke. Yeah, same. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, okay, Ian on here is a Cowboys fan. What are your thoughts on y'all's kicker? Brett Maher, he definitely had the yips in Dude. the Tampa Bay game. Yeah. He had the yips. He's a solid kicker, though. He I was, will say. He was the best kicker in the league in because, the regular season. Yeah, because he's, um, I mean, you just have to, like, he sucks within, like, if it's a kick within 30 yards. But anything outside of that, he's got, like, the best leg in the league. It's crazy. And the ball doesn't ever go straight. 
it's always some weird projectile that just manages to sneak its way in. So it gives you a minor heart attack. But, like, I, Brett Maher, he was the kicker, then got cut, and then we had a terrible kicker. Then he came back, and he was really good for us. You know, besides, take away the Tampa game, like, whatever, missed extra points, we still won the game. I thought he did great for the Cowboys. And I thought, I think they should bring him back. I think so, too. But have you seen there's some talk about Dak? His status might not be too secure with the Cowboys. Dude, I mean, well, first off, we have to respect he is the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, which we'll get to in, you know, just a second. I mean, <laughs> but I think that, yes, Dak did not have a good year this year. And he's being paid a, sh- a ton of money. Um, and, like, it is – it's just – like, I think he should be performing this a little bit better. I think he should have been able to, like, you know, score more than 12 points in the 49ers game. I don't care what the coaching was, you know, whether he was calling the players or whatever. Like, San Francisco has an amazing defense. But they should – they had the ability to win that game and the ability to, like, score in the third quarter and go up a touchdown, which was critical in the game. And they didn't do it. And I, it's just – as a Cowboys fan, you get frustrated because I really support Dak. He came in as a fourth-round pick, shocked everyone, had an amazing rookie year. And he's just been kind of like this – like, he's been good but not, like, amazing. And you want him to take that next step, but he just doesn't do it. And it's just so annoying. I will say, I don't know what that last play y'all drew up was in the big <laughs> – Yeah, whatever was it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't, that was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I, I don't know, man. They're, Kellen Moore's going to Chargers. That's all right. So, he was good, though. You don't like he, him? He was okay. I mean, the, he had some interesting play calls for sure, and he got better. But, like, scoring 12 points in the in San Francisco game, and, like, I mean, he's good. He's great against, ter- like, bad teams. Like, below 500 teams, oh, my God. It's, like, well, the, the well, best. I mean, he's from Boise State. That's he is. He play, so, like, you know. <laughs> he is he's great at Non-power five teams. conferences, they get there. Yeah, their job broke. Kellen Moore was a team. he was a dog in college, man. Yeah, he he only lost. He went like you know, fifty eight and three. He has in college. one of the highest winning percentage. Oh I yeah, think he has the highest winning percentage. Yeah. in college football history. I'm pretty sure he does. He's a dog in college, man. That whole Boise State team, like Doug Martin. Yeah, Doug like, Martin was insane. That, uh, I forget the receiver, bro, but it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, he he was on that team as well. Um, that Boise State team could have could have won it all, and like. What, 2007 or 2008? No, nah, that was a little... Or 09. I think it was like 09, 2010. Yeah, 09. That era, that was... It may have been... Yeah, I think it was like 2010, maybe 2009. Yeah, either way, that was a sick team. Now, before we move on to NFL awards, Brianna's doing the halftime show. Y'all got any thoughts? What's the uh, What's the over on the... Um, well, I heard... No, not the over. What's like the betting for the, uh, the first and the last song? Because... I don't know. I think the last song, and I'm going to put this... I think this should be a prediction that should be written down. If anybody's listening to this, they should take the betting advice. The last song of Rihanna's going to do is Run This Town. Okay. So I found some odds on the color of Rihanna's first outfit. Okay. Black is minus 110. Ooh. Red is plus 200. Silver slash gray plus 600. I think it'll be red. Where is where is she from? Orange plus 1800. Where, I don't know. Where, where, did anybody know where Rihanna's from? Because, like, that could impact it. Like, is she a Chiefs fan? Is she an Eagles fan? Does she, like, wear a green color, you know, support the Eagles? I, it's a, it's uh, a huge debate. She's from be. Barbados, so I don't think she cares. Barbados? Yeah, Barbados. Uh, I don't think she cares <laughs> one way or the other. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, I mean... Well, she uh, she lives in what L.A. right? 
Probably. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I think she wears like a black, honestly. You going with? You're not going with the other dog? No. I, I, orange, I doubt. I think that looks not good. Um, the water cooler fashion coming to you from Ian Corwin. <laughs> I think that yeah, I think black would be pretty sick if she did that. I just hope that she sings Umbrella at some point. That, Umbrella. That would really be a nice way to go. <laughs> Who, who's doing the national anthem? Uh, Chris Stapleton. Oh, cool. Mm. Hopefully he actually gives his full vocal yeah, range uh, and not that whisper. The over-under is two minutes and seven seconds. <laughs> he think, might go over. I, I think he might go over, too. I, I think he's going to like make those notes like kind of tail a little bit. Like does it make y'all feel old that the Super Bowl halftime performers are our people now? And not like old 90s and 80s singers? Ah, uh, I mean, no. Like at Eminem. Well, last year Rihanna. was was a mixture of like, a bunch of people. Because Kendrick Lamar was in it, but also you had like Dr. Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, which I guess is technically our like... And did uh, Prince do it when he was old? Yeah. Prince so, did like, it. maybe it was kind of... Back, Michael like, Jackson. Maybe it was like them too. They had know? the weekend. You know, maybe it's just consumer preferences just shifting to, you know, a younger demographic to be on the stage. Whether it used to be like a homage sort of deal. Now it's yeah. about ratings. I mean, it always was about ratings. Well, that's what gets it funded. But Fair know. enough. I can't wait to see the Doritos commercial. I thought they have been on their A game the last couple of years, <laughs> but they need to come back to the glory days. I can't wait for Budweiser's, of course, and then uh, Popcorners. Uh, that shit brand, they uh, brought back mm-hmm. uh, the Breaking Bad cast. Oh, yeah, I heard really? uh, Yeah, like, there's some hype for Yeah, that. he has like the bag of... Uh, I forgot who his name was in the show, but it was uh, it was Jesse and um, Eisenberg, and they're like uh, making a deal with for the popcorners, right? And then he was like, "Say their name," and it was really cool. <laughs> That's funny, but all right, going to the NFL awards. Patrick Mahomes just won his second MVP. Mm-hmm. Or some of the other big very, ones. Very deserving, but the quarterback award. Yep. Okay, I think there should be a Cy Young award for quarterbacks. That way, other positions can win the MVP. Yeah, I agree. I like that. I think there shouldn't be an MVP. I think it should just be position awards. Yeah, yeah. I think that they should do it like they do in college, which is best corner, like uh, best it, defensive. Obviously, end. not like best cornerback, best safety, but like best DB, best linebacker. Yeah. Best D lineman, best O line, best skill. So yeah, best kicker. I mean, yeah. there's a ton of college has a lot of like great things that are like right about it. Like yeah. the awards, um, I think like. Um, it's at the Heisman because that's first of all utterly biased. To know when yeah. the voting is, and also it's it's just a quarterback award. Too. It's an MVP. It's an it's the NFL version of MVP. I mean, Devontae Smith just won. Don't get me wrong, but in general, it's hard to you know argue that it's not usually a quarterback award. Yeah, I mean, what is it like? I feel like ninety percent of the awards have gone to the QBs. Um, Probably because it's really hard to win it. If you're not a kid. It's just the most obvious numbers. You know? mm-hmm. It's easier to compare 3,000 yards to the equivalent of like 15 sacks. Yeah. You know, 3,000 is a lot. I think it's just quarterbacks, the center of attention, numbers are bigger. Yeah. And then coach of the year is the Giants coach, Brian Dabble. Comeback player of the year is Geno Smith for the Seahawks. Justin Jefferson's the offensive player of the year. And let's see. Yeah, Dax, the Walter Payton fan of the year. Presented by Nationwide. And the Hall of Fame class, 
is Rondé Barber, Darrell Rivas, Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas, Demarcus Ware, and some contributors. It's pretty. I don't know any of those guys, but all right. So Brian Dable definitely deserves this award. His team had no business being as good as it did. Daniel Jones is his quarterback. Tells you anything? All these good teams with young quarterbacks and rookie contracts, they get extended like this. You know who doesn't? Danny Dimes. He's a free agent at the end of the year. Giants don't want to keep him. At least not for a big money ticket like all these other guys are getting. The one Joe Burrow's about to get. Therefore, he had a lot less to work with, in my opinion. I don't disagree with what you just said. However, I think that it should be Nick Sirianni. Because I feel like that I feel like that Jalen Hurts was solid last year. This season turned turned into an MVP candidate. Thir- 14 games won, which are not including the playoffs. Um I know it's yeah, it's 14. It's 14 games. Um, and I think that just like he has this sort of um, personality that just fits perfectly in Philadelphia. Like he just is just kind of this hard nosed guy and super intense. I feel like that just reflects a lot of things the fans wanted. And not to say, man, that they've like won the you know the NFC and made the Super Bowl. Now the Giants, they did have a surprising season. I'm not saying like Brian Dabble is like you know, a, a bad coach by any means. He did an amazing job this year. I really just think like it's it, it that should have been like his moment, you know? Cause like if Brian Dabble, I mean, like made it to like the conference championship or something, like definitely, you know, Giants came out of nowhere this year. But Eagles came out of nowhere too, you know? I, they were not a Super Bowl favorite, right? I mean, they were, I mean. They were pretty up there. They were they up. the Cowboys. Yeah, but like, Cowboys Eagles always get rated like pretty high. Uh, yeah. Cowboys are getting used to it, I guess. Yeah, we're pretty <laughs> used to it. But I mean, it was going to be like what? I said that in the most sarcastic way I could, man. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you felt that. I, I could feel the sarcasm. Um, no, but I thought the Bills were going to win it this year, and like yeah, I, thought, I thought, I think the they were like, I think it was going to be somebody from the AFC. Too. You know, I never really thought that Philly would take over. I thought maybe the Packers would do something. Ah man, it makes sense, man. Yeah. Which, so. I get what you're saying too. I mean, Nick Sirianni, the way he's, um, you know, kind of put his foot down on that roster when it was kind of, you know, untamable after the Car- Carson Wentz fiasco. So yeah, I think though, to win, you know, the best coach of the year, you have to kind of work with what you got. What do you think about Doug Marone? Or no, not Doug Marone. Um, Doug, um, Doug, Doug Peterson. Peterson, yeah, for the Jags. Yeah, he was also a candidate. I think he's a great coach. I think Carson Wentz ruined him. Yeah, yeah. I think that whole situation ruined it. I, Carson Wentz is such a weird career, man. Because you have to think about it, he did win the Super Bowl with Carson Wentz. I don't think Nick Sirianni wins a Super Bowl with Carson Wentz. Oh well, no, but I mean, like to be well, he won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles because Carson <laughs> Wentz got him like seven, eight games in, right? Which he was gonna win for MVP that year if he didn't tear his ACL. Yeah, so they wouldn't have been there without him. He did. He just pulled an RG three. Like, RG three had no business playing in that game. No, he didn't. You can tell. You can get me to go off on that because I'm a huge RG three fan. But like, uh, it's just, I think he, I think he just happened to just have a terrible injury and he just never got back to form. And mm. I think yes, he like ruined him and he ruins like a lot of QB rooms. Yeah. But 
Yeah, I, the point was that Doug Peterson is a good coach, and I think he did a really good job with Jacksonville this year. Like Trevor Lawrence, like oh, yeah, broke Jack, out this year. Jags are on the come up. They just need to get out of Jacksonville. Yeah, where do you think they should go? Anywhere else. Um, I would say St. Louis, but we saw how that turned out. They should come to Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> we have a new stadium. Give Alabama a pro sports team. <laughs> yeah. Or get moved to London or something. Or move to like Mexico City. Nah. <laughs> no. London would like a football team. That's for London sure. would be so I don't cool. think. Canada barely gets by having a team. Imagine London. If they actually did go to like a worldwide format for these pro sports leagues, they would have to break it up and only have, have the NBA as a banner, but have separate leagues within the NBA. Can you imagine, um, like, you know, the NFL scheduling and they have, like, they, they flex, like, you know, the, the London Jaguars, like, on Monday night to play, like, Oakland, and then they play <laughs> the next, and then the Thursday night they play in, like, San Francisco? They'd have to rebrand if they went to London. It's not going to be the London Jaguars. My favorite thing to do in Madden was move the Texans to London and then just keep the name. So just call it the London Texans. <laughs> I always change it to Dude. the Monarch. I thought that was so, so you know how with the Washington football team, they almost called them the Defenders? Yeah. Imagine if that was your fantasy defense. It's literally just the Defenders. <laughs> that would have been so good. That would have been the good but, so back to the NBA, two big trades just happened this week. One with Kevin Durant to the Suns, the other with Kyrie Irving to the Mavs. I think KD to the Suns completely reconfigures the Western Conference. And I got the Suns, who are currently the sixth seed. They might be making the conference finals. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't follow the NBA as much as I do with the NFL. But, I mean, when you have a star player like Kevin Durant just gets traded, which I don't actually – I've never actually seen, the, like, the full trade that they did. Um, but, I mean, I, I know it was a lot. And I think if they're going to go for that, that championship window, this is the year for them to do it. Yeah, I think – I think KD on the Suns, like you said, it kind of, like, changes the landscape of the West. So, currently – just sorry to cut you off, but – the Suns are the sixth seed, and they're only three games back from the second seed. I think KD's worth three games. Oh, for sure. He's worth a championship run. What is he worth for first-round picks? No. Oh, yes, because the Suns are in win-now mode because of Chris Paul. Right. Now, Chris, CP3 has turned into AAR CP3. Now, he's gotten old. <laughs> But he's got, he's got about two years left where he could be a decent point guard on a championship team, yeah. and I think they're trying to make the most of that. I get that. I get that. But, you know, you should never sacrifice future for present. I get you should expense the future at for the present, but you shouldn't, like, totally. What about the Bucks and Brady? Do you not think they sac- I guess he was a free agent. Yeah. He was a free agent. anything. Um, and then he just recruited course. everyone with him. True. RFP Julio Jones. If he would have had 2017, yeah. 2018 Julio, oh, the Bucks would have won. Ah, 2016 Julio. That was the best Julio. But 2017 yeah. was really good, too. That, the, my, the Super Bowl catch was my favorite. Yeah. Um, the one that nobody really remembers. But I know you're talking about the yeah. one sideline. Oh, dude, that was insane. Yeah. I don't even know how you do that. Yeah, I remember his uh, his 300-yard game against Carolina. <sighs> yeah. But no, I think I think KD to the Suns and Kyrie to the Mavs just shows you how bad the Brooklyn Nets 
are as a franchise. Or at the very least, how terrible a combination it was to recruit Kyrie and KD yeah. for the same It's team. like we were talking about the other day. It's like, it's, well, and Jay-Z, you know, established basically the brand of Brooklyn Nets. So the first thing yeah. they did was trade everything for Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. Yeah. And that's kind of, you see those picks on, like, even even like now, like how those picks are turning out because there were so many and they turned out yeah. to be such great things. That ruined them. And it also ruined them when they try to go for this trio and Harden and Durant and Kyrie and it's just the they same picked thing. the three like three of the mentally weakest superstars in the <laughs> NBA and put them together to try to start a championship franchise. Like think about where KD and Kyrie both were in their careers in 2019, right when they signed with the Nets. Mm-hmm. You had KD who couldn't get it done in OKC, goes to Golden State, wins championships, but is also clearly affected by criticism to the point where he's got burner accounts like snapping back at people on Twitter. He's fighting with Draymond Green on the sidelines. And you get Kyrie who gets ran out of Boston because he's trash talking his own teammates. Like the two worst leaders in the NBA get put together and told this franchise is yours. And the Nets expected that to work. It was a good idea at first. Think about it. Just on. From a, I get what you're no, saying. From a basketball standpoint, it's a great idea. Yeah, that's what I'm but saying. But they didn't factor in the off the court stuff, and it's the off the court but stuff. But I know I agree with you, but that's just never the biggest factor. I think when you have the, yeah. such a potential for that, yeah. I don't think the off the court stuff is even relevant. I think you give them a chance. Worst case scenario, there are a few first round picks. The crazy thing is, though, they never really got a chance. Like, KD was out the whole first season. But I I think Harden, Kyrie, and Durant all played less than less than a season together for sure in terms of games. They played, I think it was like, was it 30 games? I don't even think it was that much, but it was like definitely less than half a season. Yeah, it was crazy. And then Kyrie, who knows what the heck he's been up to (laughs) lately. Yeah. But him to the Mavs. What do you, Ian, you're the Dallas guy. How do you think that's going to work out? I don't know. Because I don't like Kyrie Irving in the first place. Um, it's kind of just with his off-the-court issues and stuff. Um, he's not really... He doesn't really strike me as like the brightest of people either. I <laughs> uh, thinks the world is flat. Um, I had the whole fiasco with his vaccine uh, where he couldn't play like in New York. Because, yeah. you know, the, the state laws. I mean, like, the dude is just, um, you know. Not to mention his tweets lately. Yeah, he's just not. I feel like if you're doing that, it's kind of like Antonio Brown. Like, you're just not a great teammate. You're not. That's not like a person I'd want for a championship team. Now, in the regular season, they might do fine. If he plays, you know. I mean, I don't know what drama he's going to do. But, like, I, Luka needs help. And I can see Mark Cuban's trying and he's trying to get that extra person for Luca because I think arguably Luca's the best player in the league. Um, you know, no, just, uh, argu- top, I said arguably. I said arguably. Arguably. He's top five. I don't think you can argue best, but he's definitely unarguably top five. He's okay. top five for sure. Okay, okay. Either way, he is a player that needs to win a championship. And yeah. they're trying to make the right move. I don't know where that's going to go. And then, especially with the West now because of the Suns, they just got KD. So I don't know. That's well, it. let's see. Right now, the Mavericks are the fourth seed. They're also three games back from being the second seed. Four games back from being the second seed. 
So it could work out. I guess, I guess there is kind of, you know, a pattern with Kyrie, but like maybe maybe Cuban just wanted to give him, you know, a change of location, change of yeah. scenery, fresh of mind, you know. I mean, it worked for him in Boston. Boston was a good team. But they were better with Adam. That's yeah, they should have never got rid of Isaiah Thomas. He was a much better leader. Yeah. For sure. Celtics trading Isaiah Thomas. That's one of the dirtiest. That just tells you how dirty the business yeah, part is. Yeah, I lost. I lost respect for Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge yeah, and me that too, man. But that was, that was rough. I guess we'll just have to see how it all shakes out. Before we sign out, we got three Alabama people here. I know it's old news now, but national championship. What did y'all's take on that? Y'all think we should have made the playoffs? Because I do. I think if you're going to put the playoff in, you're going to have the four best. Like, if, there's this is the problem with the committee. Is like they, they're picking teams that's like, you know, they're trying to do the right thing and they're like, like TCU in, you know, which they deserve to get in. TCU definitely deserve to get the playoff spot. But were they the top four team? Which always comes back to that debate because, like, they got their ass kicked by Georgia. Um, it's like the GOAT versus the BOAT. They're the greater team than us this year, but they weren't the better team. See, that's the thing, because in 2017, we got in the playoff not as the most deserving team at the, at the, as the fourth seed, but because we were the, one of the four best teams. And now they've changed that because they don't want to, you know, give us that ride again. I don't know why. Reese Davis isn't pulling his word enough at ESPN. But I don't know. I think we were definitely, like Ian said, not one of the dirt deserving teams, but we were definitely one of the best four. Do you think Georgia is going to continue to dominate the SEC for the next couple years? I think they're great, and I think they'll be up there in the SEC for several years until Kirby's done, you know. But, no, I don't think it'll be a landslide. I think it's kind of similar to what Clemson was doing. Because um, Clemson, I mean, they're still a great team. Don't get me wrong. I think they've just fallen off just slightly. And I think what Kirby Smart's got at George is, like, really great. I think it's going to – so, Bama just got the number one class. And they have, uh, I think, a record, like, nine five-stars. Yeah, that which sounds is crazy. ridiculous. You know, Saban's it's going, one of the like, best classes of all time. Yeah. I mean, it's it, you have nine five-stars at any point. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I – Think it's going to change up slightly though. And one thing we have to consider when Texas and Oklahoma join, what is gonna happen to all the SEC teams? Because, you know, there's gonna be realignment of all those teams. If you're gonna do like divisions, it doesn't make sense to have like all those teams in the East and West, right? Yeah. Like they're gonna have to maybe Bama and Georgia play each other every year, which would be It'd be awesome. It would be not awesome for us, but like for just Viewership, yeah, it'd be great. You I th- know? I think that it's based upon Georgia's relevancy is based on pipelines. For example, Alabama recruits better in the state of Alabama than any other school. Georgia doesn't. Georgia only had three of like the top ten recruits in Georgia. I mean, think like Trevor. Bama Morris. got like three of them. There was one at LSU. There was one at Clemson. You have to recruit pl- recruit pipeline because. Kids from out of state, I think they don't have it in them. Like, say, a, a kid from Georgia who grew up a UGA fan is going to want to commit to Georgia than someone from California who's going to Georgia just because they're a good football school and they provide a great means for them at the time. You know, there's no love because they're not mm-hmm. recruiting love. They're recruiting current standing. 
Like, Trevor Lawrence should have went to Georgia. He's from Cartersville. Yeah. But the fact that they didn't go all in on Trevor. And Jake Fromm only went to Georgia because he couldn't come to Alabama <laughs> once Tua committed to us. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch out. And one last note, Blake, you're the baseball guy, Dansby Swanson. What do you think? I think Rays fans should not be worried at all. I think the competition that will spar out in spring training between Orlando Arcia and Von Grissom will be a special one to watch. I think Von Grissom is a really good young kid who is going to be with us for a long time. He's already under control for like five, six years. So I think it would pan out great. Dansby got a fat paycheck, and I think he'll do great things on the Cubs, but he just was not. The, the value that the Cubs gave him did not fit into our plans because, I mean, they're paying him $26, 27000000 million a year. Our highest paid player is Austin Riley, and that's $22 million a year. So would you say Dansby Swanson is better than Austin Riley? Probably not. Great player, sure. But you have to kind of, you know, value based on your um, – your ratios, and if Austin Riley's the best, he can't get paid the fourth best, you know. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, I've got to say, to wrap it up, it's February 10th, and the last week and a half might have been the biggest week and a half in sports that I can recall just in my lifetime. But Brady retiring, LeBron breaking the scoring record, the Super Bowl, like, it's been massive. And the trades and whatnot. Yeah, the yeah. trades, like, sports has been wild, and And the water cooler will be here to keep you up to date with it. So we'll see y'all. See ya. See ya.